You are listening to We Woke Up Like This, a podcast dedicated to helping you live your best vibe and to help you answer the call to become the highest version of yourself that you can in this lifetime. I'm your host, Reverend Joya, and I am dedicated to the alleviation from suffering and to see the higher self awakened and expressed in every human being. This show shares real-life stories, real-life journeys, practical tools and tips, and my own journey, real, raw, and authentic, of what I am going through to embody my highest version of myself that's calling me forward in this never-ending process. Thank you for joining me. Enjoy the show. Hello, loves and lights. This is Reverend Joya. So happy to be here with you. I missed last week because my husband had a emergency and I was in the hospital with him all week sitting next to him uh, and he got out a week ago Saturday. So I've just been playing catch up all week. And if you're anything like me this year, especially May, I think it was May 1st. And I said, well, the month's already over. (laughs) And here it is. It's blowing my mind. And what I want to talk to you about today on the podcast, uh, next week, I'll have my guest, by the way, this week, uh, last week, she I had to cancel because I was in the hospital. But what I want what I want to talk to you about today is this notion of self abandonment. Because I was doing an inventory, this practice, this exercise that I'm doing for my, for my own growth. I do, I, you know, I do self-growth practices every single day because there's no there to get to. It's just a constant unfolding and I want to be actively participating in the unfolding. And I know that there's a constant unfolding because I'm still alive. As long as we're alive, there is still more unfolding (laughs) to do. And that's the indicator. Are you breathing? Are you still alive? Then you are still growing, expanding, expressing the ultimate who you are, of who you are. That's our potential. That's what we're supposed to be doing, right? And so I want to talk about self-abandonment because in this inventory I was doing of my growth, it it was confronting what is your greatest fear? That was the question. What is your greatest fear? And I sat with it for a while and did these other journaling questions to kind of get down to the core of what it is, what repeats. Like that's the, that's usually what the fear is. If I look at my life objectively, if you look at your life objectively and you see what patterns are repeating in the big spheres of life, financial, health, relationships, work, abundance, mindset. I mean, there's so many areas, but they're big pieces of our life, right? So wherever those repeating patterns are that are a problem, that's where the fear is. So I was able to kind of dissect and and go, what is the fear? What is the fear? What is the fear? And I discovered that my deepest fear is not abandonment. Well, it roots down to abandonment, but before abandonment, it's being trapped, So to avoid being trapped, I abandon instead of being abandoned. Do you see how this works? But I abandon myself when I abandon projects, when I abandon um, certain people, alienate certain people. And I don't know if they're people who could, who are good for growth or not, but it's just an instinct that I get that I'll alienate. But now I'm questioning that energy. Is that alienation coming from 
discernment or is that alienation coming from fear and I'm abandoning myself? So there's different ways we abandon ourselves, and I want to talk about this because when we when we abandon ourselves, we hurt ourselves, and when we hurt ourselves and we're abandoning ourselves, we are arguing and protecting and defending our smallness. We're defending our stuckness. We're defending the illusion that we're not growing, expanding, changing, transforming, because in truth, we always are as long as we're alive. And we are either consciously participating in that or it's happening to us, for us on autopilot. So how do we abandon ourselves? I came upon this list of ways we abandon ourselves. Chasing love, people-pleasing, being codependent, overgiving or overdoing, ignoring our own inner voice, trying to fix, rescue, save, or take care of someone else, betray ourselves to be chosen, ignore or explain away red flags, body shame and judge ourselves, say yes when we want to say no, Give someone second, third, fourth, or even more chances, or we just settle. We feel like we have to earn love or prove that we are enough. We prioritize other people's needs over our own. Override our internal guidance system. Boy, I've done that a lot of times. And last one is turn a blind eye to toxic and abusive behavior. That is quite a list, isn't it? And I know that I've done those things. I know that I probably still do one of their one or two of them a time or two on occasion, but I'm very conscious now about not being the reason I don't have everything I want. I'm going to say that again. It's so powerful. Stop being the reason you don't have everything you want. Many years ago now, probably eight years ago, nine years ago even, I was out with a girlfriend and it was during a time of my life that I was very um, in a lot of pain. I was drinking a lot. I was just going out partying a lot. And I was not having a very good relationship with my husband at the time, obviously. And... Um, I was out with a girlfriend and we were talking about relationships and I gave her unsolicited relationship advice and she said to me, well, you don't have what I want, so I'm not going to listen to you. And that was one of the best things anyone has ever said to me in my life because bells went off in my consciousness and I was like, oh my God, I don't have what I want either. What do I want? How do I get what I want? How do I change what I'm doing to get to what I'm saying and thinking I want, but I'm not having it? And that invited in the work. So it was not a mean, cruel conversation or you know, comment. It was something honest, and I appreciated it because it transformed my life, literally transformed my life. And now this is a very conscious choice as I grow in my personal development, as I grow in my relationship with source creator, as I grow in my relationship with my husband, 
and my kids in different ways, as I cultivate my friendships, my dear treasured friendships, as I cultivate my own business, showing up on stages, doing, saying yes to bigger projects, bigger exposure. And bigger exposure means that more people are being exposed to the healing music, the healing rhythms, the healing practices that I offer in a group. And I'm seeing this now from such a different point of view. And it's a point of view that doesn't involve the ego. It's very humbling. There's tremendous gratitude and a lot of humility because I know that it's not my ego. It's not my personality because I'm not in my own way anymore. To be out of my way means that spirit is flowing through me. So this whole arguing for playing small and self-abandonment, that's the ego. And the ego also shows itself in the other way by getting up there and thinking that it's so great and it's so much better than everybody and just soaking up that vibration of adoration because it needs that from the outside. So there's these two opposite ways. There's these two polarities in which we all operate. And the goal is to get to the center point or what I call the and space where you see it all and you hold it all. And that's a very conscious place to live. And <laughs> I just, for my birthday, my birthday was this past week. I gave myself, I gifted myself an astrology reading from a, from an ancient astrologer is the philosophy of astrology where they talk about not just the planets, but also your fixed star positions. And I have that fixed star in Orion, the one that's in the center, the one that balances the polarities, the and star. I'm fixed to that star. And I thought that was so fascinating when she told me what that energy is. And I was like, I've always had that vibration of um, playing devil's advocate when I was younger because I was in my ego, right? So I was like, oh, I'm going to argue for both sides just for the sake of arguing. It's a different energy, but the same vibration. It's what you do with it. So that was super fascinating. But I'm sitting in this energy now, which I'm sure a lot of you are, because I've been talking to a lot of people who are in the energy of the vibration of what's no longer serving my life. What is no longer working for me? And then recognizing that the areas of your life that you're struggling in are the areas of life that are no longer working. Do you get it? It's very subtle. It's very subtle. And that's why it's so hard for us to see it. We don't realize that the way that we're handling the problem is the problem. And that brilliance comes from Dr. Ron Holnick at University of Santa Monica. When I was studying their spiritual psychology there, the way you handle the problem, the way you handle the issue is the issue. It's like you go a, la a layer deeper when you come into what that means, how that feels. And you go, oh my gosh, I can see it now. So the invitation that I would like to extend to you 
is to stop abandoning yourself. Stop arguing for your smallness. Stop hurting yourself by protecting yourself. Stop defending yourself. When you're defending yourself, you're always starting a war because there always has to be something to defend if you're defending yourself. Stop being the reason you don't have what you want. And yes, it is as easy as stopping. It is as easy as just stop doing it. It's that easy and that hard. <laughs> I'll say that. I'll say that. It's that easy and that hard. But knowing that the stopping isn't the issue, it's how you're relating to the stopping that's the issue. Because remember, the way you relate to the issue is the issue. So you're feeling like you want to stop doing something. You know you need to stop doing something. You know it's a habit that's bad for you. You know it's keeping you stuck. You know it's ruining your health. You know it's ruining your relationship. You know it's not good for your business. Whatever it is, you know what it is. But the question is, how are you relating to that knowing? Are you pushing it away? Are you rejecting yourself? Are you criticizing yourself? Are you denying it? Are you procrastinating about it? I'll get to it tomorrow. Are you blaming it on someone else? It's someone else's fault. There's nothing I could do about it. There's all these clever ways that we trick ourselves into abandoning ourselves. And, you know, humans would rather choose a familiar miserable much of the time than an unfamiliar unknown because the miserable that's known is a miserable that is a miserable that's you know how to deal with or how you how you work in that system of dysfunction i'm speaking from tremendous experience there let me tell you it's hard to get out i get it when you're in it, it feels like quicksand and it is hard to get out because it is energetically sucking you in. But then once you're free of it, you go, oh my gosh, that was so easy to get out. I, all I had to do is stop struggling so much. All I had to do is ask for assistance from my higher self, my nafsha. And just ask it for some guidance, for some clarity, for some peace, for some assistance. And then be on the lookout for how that arrives. Because it doesn't always arrive as a knock on your door and you open the door and there's a box and it's got the answer in it. I'm sure that's possible. <laughs> if Source knew you could learn your lesson, boom, just like that. Oh, sure. Here you go. Done. So, my loves, you are here on this planet at this time. To be stepping into the fullest expression of who you are. Today. Not some other day, not some you in the future, but you today. What excellence can you step into today? Is it saying no to that thing today? Is it going and doing something you've been putting off today? And then do it again tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. And then it starts to build on itself and we get momentum in a different way. And once we have momentum behind us, the energy of momentum, 
It's a universal force. It's a law of the universe, the law of momentum. You get going and then it requires less effort because now you have momentum with you and it feels good taking those little steps, stepping into the, that bigger self, that all of those steps are leading you to your inner greatness in whatever that means to you, in whatever that means to you. I just discovered a family the other day on TikTok. There's six of them living in this beautiful RV and they've been living in it for three and a half years. And they're just, they just drive around and tour the country. How beautiful, right? That's their best, they're living their best vibe. That's it for them. That's amazing right now. So what's yours? And when I'm sharing that as an example because greatness doesn't have to mean whatever you've been told it means. You can have your own definition of it, whatever it means to you. So I'm, I wanted to read this little thing from John Randolph Price. Anybody who knows me knows he's my favorite old-timey teacher. And he's not even that old-timey. He, he passed away in the 2000s. But he talks about uh, manifestation a lot. And he says, our job as we have knowledge of spiritual principles and spiritual concepts is to build a foundation and consciousness for a new life of love, joy, peace, and fulfillment. Sometimes only a slight adjustment of mind is necessary to reveal the reality of wholeness and abundance that's been there the whole time, simply obscured by the fog of misunderstanding. For others, there may be a completely new awareness of a greater and higher I and a joyous excitement that there's nothing you cannot do, be, or have. Yet the appearances in the outer picture will seem fixed and not dramatically affected by prayer, meditation, and self-healing action. And the reason is that the consciousness has not yet shifted into the higher vibration. To those who can identify with this condition, let me assure you that there is a way to move beyond lack and limitation of the third dimensional plane while still being influenced by the human energies of the lower nature. What is required is an elevation of consciousness to activate a precise sequence of mind actions resulting in a clear channel for manifestation. Of course, the fullness of the demonstration and its degree of permanency will depend on the altitude achieved in consciousness and the attitude maintained in mind. A fearful outlook can cancel out a manifestation. A positive one can hold it in place. But nothing ventured, nothing gained. So let's reach for the stars and keep reaching until the grip is strong and firm. We are evolving into a state of consciousness where miracles are routine and positive changes will occur without taking thought. This is our destiny, but we do not have to wait until we are fully awakened to enjoy the good things in life. Wherever we are on the path, we can prove the principles and the power now through conscious, intentional, and deliberate action. This is voluntary cooperation as distinguished between a creative activity that's occurring from the self-acting movement of the higher consciousness 
independent of the personality. In one case, the operation is manual and the other is automatic. And if we have to shift gears manually for a time until our consciousness expands to the spontaneous mode, then be patient. Let's be patient in our awakening and grateful that we have the authority now to fulfill our dreams of a life more abundant. So, I just love that. And it is so relevant. And he talks about how your consciousness is a personal individualized energy field. It's a force field of concentrated spiritual energy. And if you're not enjoying what you say you want, if you don't have what you say you want, it's because the vibrations within the energy field are out of tune. And when these vibrations are raised to the proper tone and pitch, consciousness becomes harmonically balanced. And then your wholeness and well-being become outpictured into your life and your affairs. It's really true. It's really, really, really true. And it's really important. So he talks about like he breaks things down really beautifully. And so what does it feel like to move from this ego identification of self-protection, arguing for our smallness, not stepping into abundance, staying shrunk, staying hidden, staying small, staying, staying defended, staying defensive, staying as victim, whatever it is, into a higher vibration of consciousness, a higher vibration of consciousness. Con conscious, uh, what am I trying to say here? A higher vibrationally conscious way of being. So what I find really interesting in how he broke this down is he says that uh, he began doing, um, noticing in people who are high achievers, high manifestors in the world, what were the consciousness characteristics of awakened masters that he encountered? In looking for the common denominators, here's what they discovered. Number one, they were all in tune with their divine center or God self. And in practicing the presence of this God self within them, they had drawn forth their truth of being from the heart center into the heart center, into the fullness of their thinking and feeling natures. So this feeling, this truth of being lit a fire in them that they began to operate as that was their identity. And under this divine authority, this spiritual consciousness began to exercise its will to choose that which would be expressed in this individual's life. And whatever was chosen or decreed by this truth consciousness was automatically accepted by the subjective mind and registered as a sense of feeling it and having it now. This is all a simultaneous action where consciousness anticipates every possible need in the physical world, chooses divine fulfillment, accept it, accepts it, and through acceptance expresses the conviction of already having it. It is through this knowledge of have that the awakened ones image fulfillment as a present reality and they see with such intensity of imagination and love that the normal time frame for visible manifestation is greatly reduced. Yeshua could instantly form ideas into visibility. And so can other masters in India, by the way. There are other masters on this planet alive today who know how to do these things, to work in these realms of consciousness by having, by being in alignment with the vibration of having it. Like there's zero doubt 
zero, zero doubt. With an understanding that what can be seen in the mind's eye is a now experience, the activity of law, spiritual mind in action, is automatically called into play and the invisible substance begins to take shape as the particular form, situation, or experience desired. And the perfect thing that the spiritual mind master can say is, I see the fulfillment, therefore it is done. So, you are incredibly powerful. Incredibly. And all of this energy that's being given to self-abandonment, self-hurt, self-rejection, keeping yourself small, keeping yourself hidden, procrastinating, being the reason you don't have everything you want, that takes a lot of energy. That takes a lot of willpower. It's just mismanaged energy. That's it. That there's an agreement there that this outer reality of people pleasing the whole list that I read in the beginning, that that whole, that whole reality that those are the problems, but those are not the problems. Those are symptoms of the same problem. Self-abandonment instead of self-expansion. So the invitation here is that we stop treating the problem, the effect as the source of the issue that, because it's not it. All of those ways that we self-abandon are the symptoms. Those are the effects. The cause is within. The cause is our belief in how to keep ourselves safe in the world. And it's a belief that we agreed to when we were very small children and we so brilliantly came up with this way to cope and function and live in society, live amongst our peers, live in our tribe. Humans are a tribal species and whatever tribe we're surrounded by is the tribe that we are striving to fit into which is <laughs> makes me think of one of my favorite quotes from J. Krishnamurti. And he said, It is no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. It is of no measure of health to be profoundly adjusted to a profoundly sick tribe, to a profoundly sick family, to a profoundly sick system, that taught us all how to behave and operate so that we aren't rejected and kicked out of the tribe, which is every human's deepest fear, loneliness, abandonment, rejection, unworthiness of belonging. And in fact, my teacher Gita said there's only four common problems to all humans common beliefs. I don't belong here. I don't deserve to be here. I don't want to be here. I'm not wanted here. And so my loves, there's a lot here, a lot of deep information here. And I would say the invitation for you is to journal, ask yourself, how am I doing any of these things? What are the repeating problems, situations, 
in my life? Where am I not flourishing? Where am I not expanding when I know I want to? What is it that I say I want, but I'm not doing? Because that's where the disconnect is. And that's where the invitation is. That's where the healing is. To look at that symptom of the not doing and what you're doing instead so that you can discover what that agreement is that you've made with yourself to, to self-abandon and to ask your nafsha to invite in the Ruka Dakutsha force, the Holy Spirit, to come in and heal, fix, replace, repair, forgive, accept, whatever that woundedness is so that you can step into the fuller expression, fuller expansion of your being. Sound heals it. Sound is the fastest way I have found to repattern and recorrect that woundedness simply by toning it. Sometimes it doesn't have words. It could be pre-verbal even. So the other invitation there is to not analyze it, but to feel into it. Does it want you to make a sound? Does it want you to make a movement? And then do it. Don't be afraid of what's asking to be expressed. And know that these things all arise to the consciousness so that we can heal, clear, release, accept, love, forgive. Everything there. You are already a perfect being and the whole work, <laughs> my cat, the whole work is to uh, repair, repattern, replace all of those areas that say otherwise. You are so powerful. You're here for a reason. You have a design. You have a purpose. We all have the same purpose, and that's to reawaken to our divine state of being. And then how you express that authentically can be in alignment with your divine design. And that's a conversation for another day. So I'm sending you so much love, so much peace, so much healing for this journey, so much courage to take this journey. It's not a journey for the faint of heart, that's for sure. And I invite you to follow me on Instagram. I give a ton of content there around awakening, ascension, stepping into your healing, your wholeness. It's really in the practice. It's really the practices. Stay in the day you're in today. Stay in the moment you're in. Stay in the eternal right now moment. And that's, that's our invitation is the now. What's in the now? And to bring into you a mantra, a prayer, a remembrance, so that you can transform your consciousness. Be ye renewed in the mind by thinking on your consciousness, by thinking on your divinity. I have a course on my website about writing your own version of the Aramaic Lord's Prayer. And Yeshua gave his discourse on it, and it was all uh, interpreted into English, Greek, and then English, so it lost so much in the translation, which is why in my course I dive into the Aramaic, the original 
potential meanings in Aramaic, plus what it means in quantum language today, spiritual psychology language today, how it applies to each chakra system. And I keep that prayer at the forefront of my heart because it's an, it's an invitation for me to stay present and to acknowledge the divine source creator to fill me with its consciousness, with that consciousness, with my divine consciousness of my I amness, and to eliminate doubt, to eliminate judgment, to eliminate fear, to eliminate all the ways I stay small, argue for my smallness, argue for my self-abandonment, and stay present in the now moment to let this consciousness be the consciousness from which I express and grow. My life as a divine source creator because in this vibration of design, divine source creation, we're always creating from a space of love. We're creating what is good, what is holy, what is beautiful. And it can only expand the kingdom or the queendom. And it's for the good of all, not just me. It's, a, it's work. It's our practice of our humanity to come into this realization of our divinity. That's the work. Sending you so much love today. Find a practice of joy. That's always my thing. Go practice some joy today. Or if you're not in joy and you're in grief, then go grieve fully. Let it out. Up and out is better than in and stuck. And if you need any assistance, any guidance, feel free to reach out to me. You can find me at vibology.com, V-I-B-O-L-O-G-I-E.com. And I will be back next week with my special guest. Oh, she's amazing, Ernestine. She is the soulful guitarist, and she's going to talk about her awakening and probably play for us. You're in for a treat. All right, loves, I'll see you next week. Until then, love yourself. Thank you for listening to We Woke Up Like This. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listened to this podcast. And feel free to send me an email, joya at vibology, V-I-B-O-L-O-G-I-E dot com for any questions, comments, or if you want to be a guest on the show. Wishing you a blessed day. Bye.